Stuff Podcasts. When we decided to do the kitchen, we also decided just to test the popcorn ceilings. Um, and it turned out to be asbestos. So we thought, okay, well, um, now that the kitchens are coming in, um, we've got to prepare for that. Um, so <laughs> I decided to, um, to call in the asbestos guys um, to remove it all. On the Tuesday it was, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think we all remember that day. That's Troll Somerville talking to my colleague Joe Davis about the time the entire nation went into lockdown just after he cut his house in half. No one ever said renovations wouldn't be tough, but sometimes they can be more than tough. Sometimes they can go horribly wrong. I'm Kylie Klein-Nixon and this is First Rung Reno 101, a stuff-homed podcast brought to you with support from Rosine. In this episode, Joe talks to some folks who know a thing or two about coping with a difficult Reno and making it through in one piece. As well as trolls, we'll meet Chris Kager, one of the founders of Refresh Renovations, who warns us about what can go wrong when you manage your own tradies. So because of that, there's no project plan, there's no project management, things spiral out of control. Then property investor David Whitburn talks us through a few other professionals you might not have thought about including in your reno team. There are numerous contract types uh, to get this done. It is important to have a contract. It is important to have some uh, legal advice. But before that, let's hear some more top tips. Hi, I'm Susan Edmonds. I'm Stuff's business editor. My three tips for renovating are to know what you're trying to achieve before you start. Is it for yourself or are you planning to renovate for sale? You should also have a budget and allow quite a bit more in there than you think you're going to need to spend because you never know what's going to come up. And also you should just outsource the stuff that you're not good at or you won't enjoy because you either won't get it done or you might do a rubbish job and there's nothing more infuriating than finishing your renovation and noticing that you haven't done a great job on one aspect of it. Okay, Trills, well thanks for telling us your tale of woe. Um, we appreciate that you've had to uh, live in a bubble. So, so tell me a bit about your house first, and then then you can tell us your story. I guess uh, first of all, um, the house we only just moved in start of the year. Um, it's a three bedroom brick house down in down in Pukekohe, uh, just south of Auckland. Although not south uh, enough to be left out of the alert zone <laughs> or the alert level, uh, four zone. Done a bit of the cosmetic stuff, but now we decided, uh, we really want to upgrade the, uh, circa 1965 state of the art kitchen that was, that was in place at the time. Um, maybe get some, uh, working stove tops. Right. When we decided to do the kitchen, we also decided just to test the popcorn ceilings. Um, and it turned out to be asbestos. So, we thought, okay, well, um, now that the kitchens are coming in, um, we've got to prepare for that. Um, so <laughs> I decided to um, to call in the asbestos guys um, to remove it all. On the Tuesday it was, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think we all remember that day. <laughs> and then, um, you know, they, they set up this big bubble. We had just organised to stay with our friend up in, up in Auckland for a couple of, um, couple of days. I think they were going to be done by the end of the week, they said. And, you know, they called called in the afternoon and said, oh, yeah, we've set up. Um, we'll start work tomorrow. Um, obviously, there was an announcement that happened a little later in the, in the day as well. 
And um, yeah, it's sort of set up right in the middle of the house, which means that, you know, getting from one side to the other side um, isn't too easy. So what we've had to, well, at least what we did in the first couple of days, um, we were climbing through the bedroom window uh, to get to our bedroom and also the toilet, which is right on the other side of the house, um, which is cut off. There's no other entry or exit other than the, the bathroom window. So yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> so I you were climbing it, through the window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I imagine it would have been quite the show for our neighbours as well, you know, while they're sitting at home looking out their window. <laughs> oh, well, you were providing entertainment. Yeah, and, and I mean, also on top of that, you know, the previous weekend, um, my partner and I had taken to the kitchen with um, with all the demolition tools, a sledgehammer and crowbar and circ saw. So we'd cut down most of uh, what was in there already. So How are you managing without a kitchen? Look, it's it's not been too bad. Um, the first couple of days, you're sort of scratching your head a fair bit. But, you know, we've got a nice barbecue set up outside. So that's that's done all right. <laughs> um, just chuck on a couple of extra layers of clothing and... And that, that sort of will set you up for at least the cooking part and, and all our um all like the dishwashing and everything has been relocated to the laundry. Um so Ah and I hear that you've made some efficiencies there anyway. You can do the laundry while you're making your dinner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or well, we just chuck the cutlery in with the with the whites and uh, it all gets done at the same time. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Oh, well, it's great that you are looking on the bright side of it. And uh, have you heard some other people's tales of woe? Uh, ever since I wrote about it on stuff.co.nz, um, yeah, I've, I've had a great response. It's been, yeah, I've sort of been flooded with uh, with emails. Um, some a lot a lot more lighthearted and and some a lot of people almost everyone looking on the bright side of things um i think that's all you can do in these sort of situations some people you know are in far more dire situations than myself you know right what what were some of the worst situations you well had? you know it's it's easy enough to make do without a kitchen but there are a fair few people that had just pulled out their bathrooms and and were without toilets as well <laughs> you know one um <laughs> one uh one unlucky fellow he had just pulled out his whole bathroom he doesn't have a um, a shower either and he thought he'd just he'd just uh, you know use the showers at work and um, the bathrooms at work and there's a little public toilet down the road for any emergencies so he said he's been uh, been showering in the backyard with the garden hose uh, which which isn't ideal um, not at this time of year not at all not at all and and then there was also uh, yeah another couple that I spoke to um, who'd, uh, who'd done the exact same thing and they were showering out in their in their front driveway with a makeshift tarp up and a and a solar shower. Oh dear, it's going to make for good memories. <laughs> we'll la- you'll laugh about it in yeah, a few it's all, years. It's always funny when you look back on it. It's not funny at the time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We'll give it a few years, and, and I'm sure you'll be having a good laugh. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story, and uh, we wish you all the best. I think I think the final word is probably you know you can plan as much as you want, but uh, in the end something's always going to happen when you're renovating, you know, and it just so happened to be that I got stuck in the middle of of this lockdown. But, you know, it's nice to know that I'm one of many. Maybe nice to know isn't the thing to say, but um, I I feel part of a collective rather than, you know, stuck on my own. You're deep in DIY, but your paint can still be professional. Check out Resine for your reno project. No one would start a reno job without a plan, right? Well, according to our next guest, we'd actually be surprised how much time and money is wasted by renovators getting stuck in without a clear plan. 
Joe catches up with Refresh Renovations' Chris Kager, who has a warning for homeowners about thinking of using sold tradies. Now, most renovations don't have a project plan. All they've got is some designs because they've gone to an architect. And an architect doesn't do all those other things. They don't produce a project plan because all they've been asked to do is designs. Yes. So because of that, there's no project plan, there's no project management, things spiral out of control. And that's not just New Zealand. Um, if you look in, in uh, the UK, um, lots of people have done research, but um, uh, some of the insurance companies have done this research and they've found that 35% of projects run behind schedule, 40% go over budget, and on average they're three months delayed. So it's not just New Zealand, it's everywhere in the world. Right. You think that would be reflected here, though? It'd be, it'd be exactly the same here. So um, that brand study, um, brands report that I saw also showed that 30% of the money spent on renovations was yeah. wasted, which which seems like a lot. Where do you see that? <laughs> where, where would that money be being wasted? Well, it's a huge, huge waste. Um, so if you're doing a $100,000 renovation, it's $30,000 basically is being yeah. thrown away. Yes, that hurts. It hurts a lot. Um, and it's not good for the industry and it's not good for the homeowner. It's not good for anyone. But, but where would that wastage be, Chris? Uh, well, it's in several areas. One is um, there's a rule of thumb that says every time you've gone uh, further down your process, it costs you 10 times more to change your mind. So if you've got some concept plans and you want to move a window, it might cost you $50 just to sort of make a few minor changes to a concept plan. If you want to move that window when there have been detailed drawings done, it might cost you $500 because you've now got to do more engineering calculations and you've got really complicated details um, to redraw and redo. But if you do it at the construction stage, it's going to cost you $5,000 because now you've got to demolish that window, repair the damage you've done and build it all over again. Right. And because there's not much planning done in renovations, most of those decisions are done at the construction stage where it's incredibly expensive to do it and right. almost nothing to change it in the planning stage. Okay. So that, that cost is in um, the fact that you're doing a lot of rework, which you shouldn't have to do. It all sounds grim. So now, now I think you're going to give me the good news is how our people can avoid all that. <laughs> well, it is actually, the, the good thing is that, um, and Brands has done this work as well. Brands is the Building Research Association of New Zealand. It's an independent research organisation funded by an industry levy and its aim is to improve building in Aotearoa. In that study where they looked at um, the 30% being wasted, what it came down to uh, was a few very simple things. The first thing was project planning, which I've yes. talked about. I guess you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you do, there's a, there's a famous uh, Benjamin Franklin quote that says, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. And that's what happens with 90% of renovations. They're actually planning to fail because they have failed to plan. And so if, you, if you've if you got a good planning process up front, and that's not just design, that's the documentation, that's the scheduling, that's the scope of works, that's the contracts, etc., and the costings, uh, to produce a project plan, that's the, the single thing that's going to really affect um, whether you do or don't arrive on time, on budget, to, um, to the scope and to the specification. Okay, so planning is your big... <laughs> yeah, is the big tip. Yeah. Big tip. Oh, thank you. Have you got, um, you know, is there anything else? Is it, It's who you choose? Is there a way that you choose your building company? You know, well, gonna... yes. Uh, there's a difference really between a builder and a building company. 
So a builder is like Bob the Builder down the road. And typically Bob the Builder uh, is a, a unit that might be Bob. He might have a leading hand. He might have an apprentice. That's the typical unit. He's not set up to do the planning. He's set up to do the doing. And then you've got a building company. And a building company is someone who's got a head office They've got IT systems, they've got processes, they've probably got homeowner portals, they've probably got trade portals, they've got training people. So they've got very strong processes and systems and they probably take care of the planning as well as the construction. Now that's very common in the new home sector, but very rare in the renovation sector. Don't know your feet from your skirting board? DIY enthusiast Glenn Cousins is here to help you with the lingo. The dreaded words you hoped you'd never hear on your renovation journey? You're going to need a building consent for that. Unless you're constructing something fairly basic, such as an outdoor fireplace or carport, get ready to jump through some expensive bureaucratic hoops by drawing up and submitting proper plans to the council. Anything majorly structural or that involves moving plumbing or high fences, even a high deck, is going to attract this red tape. Not needing a consent is not a free-for-all for cowboys and girls out there. Your project still has to comply with the building code. A wise man once said, apart from the purchase of their home, renovating is likely to be the second largest purchase people make. That wise man was David Whitburn, a property investor who has himself done over a hundred renovations. But with his background as a lawyer, he's also helped out others who've run into trouble. I asked him whether he thought the huge investment of renos was just risky. Really exciting on the most part. Everyone goes in with the best intentions and it's often a great way to stop people from moving, particularly in these COVID constrained times, increase the value, just increase uh, the livability, maybe making it a bit more eco-friendly, safer or converted to working from home. So there are all sorts of great reasons to do renovations. However, there are unfortunately a number of pitfalls in renovations too, and we've just got to be aware of these to make sure that the renovation is done safe well and that we're realistic about some of the constraints we're seeing in this current market. Mm. Do you want to tell us a bit what, what do you mean by the current market? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, uh, exacerbated by the effects of COVID-19, we've got some real challenges. We don't have enough uh, tradespeople in most of the major centres of uh, of New Zealand. So we have some problems in terms of the timeframes for getting renovations started and the time to do these. These are uh, amplified by some material shortages. Some things even as simple as plywood often used for flooring or indeed wall structural plywood is at a shortage things like ceiling battens as well at a real shortage and many things like uh, timber as well so these can and are causing some significant delays at this current moment in time uh, irrespective of the fact that of lockdown levels uh, as well it's a real challenge at the moment so the material shortages transport delays and the uh, the shortage of suitable tradies to undertake the works are some massive issues that we're seeing at mm. the moment. So this is one of the hardest times to uh, actually do renovations uh, because it's actually quite popular. Yeah. We're constrained. We can't go overseas uh, like we like we used to. So 
girlfriend wanted to uh, just realize that, hey, we're going to spend more time at home. Let's let's make it the best time possible. So renovations, additions, alterations are just so popular right, right. now. But there are some problems. Yeah, so tell me about those because I know the, the delays can lead to cost blowouts and there can be um, – but there are ways to protect yourself a little bit with contracts. Yes, yes. The, um, the, these delays are, are quite common. It's, it's obviously a, a lovely thing to do and to have a – hardcore contract in place that says that you will start at this date, you will finish at this date, and if you don't, you'll have liquidated damages to uh, to pay to compensate us there. However, most tradies are running a, a mile from contracts like that and don't want to uh, sign them up because they, they say it's just simply too much risk. We can't guarantee supply. We're having some problems and getting hold of uh, yeah, enough labour to do it. The migration taps are all but shut off uh, from the current government and COVID settings as well. So whilst we can have these great contracts and all these clauses there, uh, and having been a practicing lawyer in the in the past, I am well aware of how to make a really tough contract. It's just, is that pragmatic? Is that sensible in today's environment? No, no I don't think so. I think it's more sensible that we just slow down, think about the big picture and try to create win-win relationships. The win-win relationships are crucial so we can have a partnership with our builder and teams to get them done. Right, yeah, so that's just because I guess that um, if there are going to be cost blowouts or delays which are unavoidable, someone has to take the risk for that. And, and in this situation, it's difficult for that to always be the builder. Or and, and exactly. So, a lot of this and a lot of contract uh, laws about risk allocation who bears it? And mm. it is important to do that. Bear in mind that the Building Act 2004 requires all contracts to be in writing over $30,000. So all building contracts over 30000 must be in writing. So that's something there that uh, that is not always practiced, but it really should be. And it's really, really important to make sure that uh, any work that is structural work actually is done, carried out, or uh, supervised by a licensed building practitioner. So th- those are some uh, some uh, crucial things to do. So there are numerous contract types uh, to get this done. It is important to have a contract. It is important to have some uh, legal advice. It's just all it is is just a bit of guidance to your lawyer about not uh, not going too hard because we have to be realistic in the market. If somebody's offering contracts there that don't have such onerous uh, terms on them, the uh, the builder or tradespeople concerned are more likely to take the less onerous contract as well. So. That's 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 just a reality of this modern environment that we've got, where we have a shortage of our builders and skilled tradespeople. Right, and uh, David, I know you've been involved in some instances where things have gone wrong. There've been cost blowouts. Can, yeah, can you give me an example of something that you've been involved in? Yes, yes, absolutely. I was in, uh, involved um, in a project uh, with uh, uh, with my friends Alan and Jessica, who uh, had this lovely. Uh, heritage Villa in Epsom, and the, uh, they contracted uh, a company to do the works at uh, just under $200,000. However, the works spiralled out of control, mainly with uh, time frame uh, issues, but also there were some serious uh, cost issues too. The costings went over $400,000 on that. Basically, it was about modernising the house with a new kitchen, open plan, living area, new master bedroom with the walk-in wardrobe, and ensuite and a large second bedroom and laundry and then polishing the floors so uh, so all the bones were uh, were there uh, but we had some big problems with the uh, with this project so what's happened is the project time frame committed to was uh, was four months but it ended up taking 
uh, a couple of years not helped by uh, legal dispute. And I think I think you told me earlier that in that case they um, they found asbestos too, which uh, proper scoping might have yeah yes, might have, you know, that shown that was there. Um, the absolute, I mean, asbestos is, is terrible, and uh, the asbestosis and the cancers that it can and does cause are yeah pr- pretty tragic on on, on this. Uh, so we really have to be mindful uh, uh, of this and, and the compliance of the laws, and there's no 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 substitute for good duty diligence and, and uh, that's something that perhaps the building company could have done. Yes, perhaps my, my, my colleagues could have known that too, but they, they're just not 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 their field. They're not property uh, uh, people. No, no. But uh, it, there's no substitute for getting the skills, engaging a, uh, a building surveyor. The building surveyor is a great profession and they really help out with, uh, not, not in this case it wasn't about a pre-purchase inspection, but just a general inspection there to check everything um, is there and understand it there. It's not a bad idea to do this before undertaking renovation works because it's things that you can't see and it was more than just the lagging around the pipes. It's often in these older houses, uh, it's in the boards and walls. There are actually many hospitals that have asbestos in the vinyl flooring and, and walls uh, uh, as well. So oh, is that right? Got to be it was mindful a good insulator, wasn't yeah. it? Or it seemed to be. Fantastic <laughs> yeah. insulator, fire retardant, oh, yeah. everything. Oh, Everything's true. great about it apart from yes. the fact that the Kills dust uh, from it can cause cancer. Yes. yes, yeah, shocking, yeah. So are there lessons to be learnt from that, that case of your friends? Uh, I mean, you, you talked about, a, a, obviously, a building contract and having a lawyer look at that. You, would you recommend that for any big job? I mean, I can't imagine someone just just doing one room or... Or a DIY, or obviously not, but even con- yeah, yeah, for 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 like just just doing a one room, getting a lawyer involved for doing that because they uh, they sort of lawyers do do of course like to charge uh, on that, and I say that cheekily, so I'm, yeah, one myself and a lot of family members are, but uh, but. Uh, uh, you have to be a little bit sensible. There's um, no point in spending, you know, five or ten grand of legal fees for a twenty grand project, uh, kind of kind of thing. Uh, it's the uh, and some lawyers are great at construction law, and some aren't so great at it too. So, so, so is there a price point where you would sort of say that tips it, and you should get? It? I do think that when there is when the building works are over thirty thousand, and they have to be written contracts, that that's a good trigger point for. Uh, getting a, a lawyer involved, and obviously the, the, the steeper the, uh, the price and the bigger the job, uh, the more important things can be, and often the uh, the bigger uh, damages that that can be done. It's, some of the key things, though, aren't really about legal causes; they're more about common sense, compliance with the Health and Safety at Work Act. Some of the worst examples in renovations. Uh, have been really unfortunate. They've been, um, uh, well, uh, unfortunately, deaths through through electrocutions and uh, also some uh, building practices as well with um, falls from roofs and uh, accidents um, whilst uh, whilst building. I'm aware of uh, an artery being slithered from a roofing offcut that's been just chucked down and it's unfortunately cut someone's carotid artery in their neck, which is just just devastating. You just don't last many seconds with that. So uh, it's just so important to have the right health and safety protocols and steps in place. And and, and of course, this is the 0.000001% for the ultra minority. But uh, but, hey, mistakes do happen and we really want to see yeah, all Kiwis going back home at the end of the day to uh, to their to their family and loved ones. So then there's uh, 
no, no issues with that. So it's really important that we have proper health and safety protocols in place. That's the most important thing. Otherwise, disasters can uh, occur. I have unfortunately heard of a terrible thing where some renovation works have, have happened, some structural renovation works, and there's been an electrical fault that's caused a fire and it's burnt the house down. The problem oh was my. they didn't disclose that to the insurance company. Hardly in the fine print uh, there, and also to me is common sense that you should disclose that to your insurance company that you're undertaking uh, addition and alteration works uh, on a building and uh, yeah, because it is an increased risk situation, they didn't pay out and then we can uh, kiss goodbye to over half a million dollars of property Ooh, that's so they, uninsurable. So they w- so they were insured, but because they hadn't advised their insurer that they were bu- doing building they work, it policy. wasn't covered. That's, that's correct, oh because, it's ex- because it's excluded. And, and a lot of people don't know about that. So I'm really keen for the readers of stuff.co.nz and the listeners to this podcast to make sure that they check their insurance property policies. And if they're in doubt about anything in the insurance policies, just to disclose it to them. Just give them the call or otherwise email them what you're doing because it's better safe than sorry. Hey, worst case, you you might end up having a small premium for doing that. When I did a renovation just three years ago in my place, my premium went up 85 bucks. What did you do? Right. For for losing over, losing several hundred thousands of dollars and avoiding your cover? It's, It's surely worth that. Of course, you can't necessarily see everything, so that's why it's really critical to have a contingency fund. Some people go all in and uh, hope that that everything's going to be okay, but I think that's dangerous. You must have a buffer fund there because devastating things happen if you don't do that. To me, it's like if you have a storm and uh, and it hits the beach, if you've got those sand dunes there to help, they'll help protect you, otherwise they'll erode your uh, backyard. And have you got a figure for that? Is it 10%? Is it... In renovations, I, per- I, I, I personally do 20% in renovation 20. projects. I yeah. used to do mm-hmm. 10, but I've, in, I've increased it there because there's too many risks on, on doing this, and they typically tend to be lower value projects. And some of the really big value projects, you, you may be able to uh, get away with, uh, small, with smaller figures. Otherwise, you can get the expert services of a quantity surveyor on uh, on bigger projects too. They can help out with the, this contract right. methods and help out with pricing uh, too. They unfortunately cannot help out on the tradie shortages and uh, and material shortages and delays though. But uh, that's right. Uh, they can make the contracts a, a lot safer. So that, that's something to bear in mind on higher value projects a, a, as well. Thanks, David. Some great advice there and a few reminders about other professionals to involve. Your insurer, a lawyer, maybe even a quantity surveyor if it's a big job. That's right. Better safe than sorry. Is it weird that none of what we've heard today has put me off renovating? A little, but maybe it's because you've learned what not to do the easy way by listening to experts rather than through your own painful experience. (laughs) true so what can we learn the easy way next time in the next episode we're wiping down our tools and busting out the dust sheets to discuss finishing touches with Rosine's resident painting expert jay sharples and we hear about interior design from self-taught decor maestro hannah kang and upcycling with auckland-based artist maiko nagao i love maiko's style that episode sounds like a blast so join us won't you this is first rung reno 101 I'm Kylie Klein-Nixon. And I'm Joe Davis. Shout out to our editor, Jack Price. And thanks also to our sponsors, Razine, New Zealand-made paints for New Zealand-made homes. You can find First Rung on all the podcast platforms. We really want to hear how your reno is going, so drop us a line at homed at stuff.co.nz. 
Happy, Happy renovating! renovating.